Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 32. My name is Damien Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I'm also the publisher of a digital nomad magazine called Rootless Living. If you haven't grabbed a free subscription to the Rootless Living magazine, head over to rootlessliving.com after this episode and grab a free digital subscription. Today, I chat with Jason and Abby, the duo behind RV Miles. And in this episode, we talk about how they made the pivot to full-time RV life, but also what it's like to deal with something as serious as multiple brain surgeries while on the road, and then also starting multiple businesses. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that, I want to welcome Jason and Abigail, also Abby, to the show. How are you two? We're great. Thanks for having us on. Yes, thanks for having us today. I just wanted to drop that in case I do go from Abigail to Abby, that everyone knows it's the same person. This is this just one personality, right, Abigail? Or Well, that's up for debate. Okay. But right, that's totally fine. At this yes, at this time, I am just one individual who sometimes goes by Abigail, the formal, or Abby, the informal. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, this is pretty informal, so we'll probably be rocking to Abby here on through. Now, I'm stoked to have you guys on. I've always been saying I'm excited, so I'm trying to change it up. But I'm really stoked mm -hmm. to have you guys on because, guys, there's a lot here. And um, normally I ask people if they're full-time, part-time, sometime. But I happen to know you guys are full-time. Let's go back to when you weren't and just really quickly kind of tell me when that was and what your life looked like and what the transition to full-time kind of living on the road, how that happened for you guys. So we were living in Chicago. We were very much an urban family. Jason and I were working in Chicago theater. We had three kids by the time we even started discussing full-time RVing. And it really came about for two reasons. One, Jason was working in the theater 60 to 80 hours a week. I had really transitioned to staying home with the kids. Jason never saw his children. He was gone all the time. Then we had a life shift that allowed us to start our own business and hopefully have Jason home more. We were writing a trade publication website for Chicago theater. Now, as we're doing that, then we get kind of hit with another whammy in which our landlord comes to us and says, hey, I want to raise your rent by $300. You guys cool with that? And we weren't cool with it because, you know, we were living in this three bed, one bath, brownstone, you know, no dishwasher, no in-unit laundry. It was real cut and dry Chicago apartment. Definitely not worth what they wanted to charge us. So we kind of started like weighing our options. And one of the things I didn't want to do was move to a Chicago suburb. If I was going to live in Chicago, I was going to live in Chicago. I did not want to be out in the burbs, but rent was just skyrocketing in the city. So one night we put our, our littles to bed. Jason comes and he's like, hey, what do you think about converting a school bus into an RV and traveling? And I look at him and I say, absolutely no way. I'm not doing that. <laughs> not happening. And so he kind of like backs off. But over the next couple of weeks, after the kids go to bed, we're out in the living room and all of a sudden these schooly videos start popping up on YouTube, people converting buses. And Jason's just kind of dropping these little hints like here and there. And within two weeks, I was completely sold. Mm -hmm. And so we went uh, probably the beginning of 2016. So this would have been around January. We went from thinking, we're going to try to find an apartment in Chicago, or maybe we're moving out of state altogether to we're buying a school bus, converting it into our home, and we're going to start traveling full time. Two weeks later, 
we had a bus and we drove all the way to Ohio to get it. And we had six months to turn the whole thing around before our lease was up and we had to be out of the apartment. And that's how we dove into full-time RVing. And we were already homeschooling. So that sort of made it easy to, yep. to make that transition. And then our, the publication we were producing was online only. So um, we could do that from anywhere. So it really made, uh, I think the first impetus was just to travel a lot. But then when the landlord was raising the rent, we thought, well, let's just live in it. Well, and we thought too, because we had always talked about traveling once the kids were older. And we sort of thought, why wait until they're older? Why not do this as a family? Why not give them this living education, this opportunity to see, you know, outside of a textbook, what this country is all about? And because Jason had this background in lighting design, set design, and production management through theater, he was fully equipped to build the bus out himself. What he didn't know, he self-taught through YouTube and other resources, but we were able to do this all on our own. We did it as a family. And it really was sort of like this, this little nudge that, that raising of the rent was that last little nudge we needed in order to take a leap that we had been talking about, but kind of afraid to do. Jason, do you remember the influence? I know that when I, in October, 2016 said, I'm going to travel in an RV for a year and figure out where I want to live. Uh, I thought I invented it right then and there on the spot. <laughs> like no one, no one's RVing like doing it. That's not happening. You go on the internet, you're like, oh, dang it. I can't get credit for this. Uh, So obviously there was no influence at all in my life and around this lifestyle. How did you get influenced in around schoolies? Well, we were first looking, we had gone to a few RV shows when we were just first thinking about just traveling a decent amount. And uh, we weren't finding any that really could fit our family uh, well in a, in a price range that we could afford um, that didn't involve like, you know, converting a dinette for one of the kids' beds. You know, we have three kids, so uh, we needed a bunk room that could hold three kids. And back then, they were starting to make those, but there wasn't much in the used market. So uh, I started looking, I actually started looking at like box truck conversions and, um, and, uh, um, cargo trailer conversions, thinking that maybe I could do something like that. And then, uh, you know, just, just, uh, scrolling through YouTube videos, I stumbled upon, uh, schoolies. I'd never heard of them before. And they, st- I started to hear how you could get these buses that were low mileage and not very old, fairly cheaply because school districts usually have laws where they have to sell them off every, every, so often. So that's when I started to realize when people, when I started watching these videos, that a lot of people live full time on the road because most people that build a schoolie are intending to live in it full time. Um, and what's just strange because I have several relatives that, that are at least half time in RVs, like, you know, they're snowbirders or whatever. But, um, but I just never really thought about full timing until until I really found that schoolie movement and schoolie movement and got into the the Facebook groups and all that sort of stuff and and then I realized hey I this would be fun even if it's a year even if we decide we hate it and we want to go back to living in an apartment what's the big deal we were moving out of our apartment anyway so we could always move back into another one yeah it sounds like the biggest obstacle 
really is that the kids are already homeschooled. I feel like that. Yeah. I look back at my own life, like what would I have done if I knew about this and really thought about it? That's a pretty big anchor for a lot of people. So you kind of already had the remote job and then obviously the kids are already homeschooled. So those two things do make the transition a lot easier. Are you still doing the theater publication or no? Uh, we, we are, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, we're actually shutting it down. Um, you know, we were doing it up until... Uh, up until February, essentially. Uh, but it's a situation, and it's a very sad situation, where we're seeing uh, a lot of our friends in Chicago completely out of work without prospects for work for a long time. You know, is, as other industries get back to work, live events, are, it's going to be a while, you know. And, uh, and actors are out of work, and theaters are, are not producing shows, and they were our advertisers. They were the ones paying our bills. So, um, so we've made the uh, unfortunate decision to shut it down, but it is allowing us to focus a lot more on our RV publication, uh, RV Miles, and all of our different podcasts. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it is amazing. Like I have a good sector of my friends because I was in kind of the live event space in regards to conferences and just how they just don't know. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there were literally an event that I'm emceeing. It keeps, it went from June to July to August. Now it's September. And I'm like, the 2020 event's going to be in 2021. <laughs> like at some point you just have to pull the plug and cancel it and say, we can't do one this year. And it is really tough there. Everyone's scrambling, trying to figure out, you know, how to do it. I think it is kind of a, an interesting transition to RV miles. I definitely want to talk about that. So let's talk about, it. let's tell people what this is and, and what you guys are doing. Yeah, absolutely. So Back around 2017, we're going on our three-year anniversary now. In addition to the theater stuff we were doing, Jason came to me with this idea about starting a podcast and a website. The website would be rvmiles.com, and it would talk a lot about the RV industry and travel and just sort of a one-shop stop. But the podcast, RV Miles would really focus on not only us as full-time travelers, because we felt that that was kind of a niche that was missing in the RV podcast world. And then also it would just gear reviews and interviews and just a lot of fun, just kind of whatever we came up with every week or whatever life this show was going to take on. So we started that back in 2017, in the summer of 2017. And we have just been pushing and pushing and pushing uh, ever since. And I think anyone who owns a small business knows that it's an uphill climb for a really, really long time. Um, and, you know, one of, as Jason mentioned, one of the things that has come out of 2020 for us is that we've really, um, we were so split in our work between our theater life and our travel life that, you know, we've really done a complete and total just turn into this travel and RV industry. And so through that, we've developed the RV Miles podcast. We've got the website going. We've got a YouTube channel now. And we also have two other podcasts that we produce every week as well. That's a lot going on. That's a lot of content creation. <laughs> you guys, yes. Yeah. And, and it we're sounds raising like a lot of three kids. Yeah. We can't. Don't do that. People are just going to be like, how? That's too much. <laughs> Those kids have not come out of that bunk, bunk room in two and a half <laughs> years. 
<laughs> they're in there right now being very, very quiet on their devices. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I've, yeah, it's cool too. That you guys are doing the podcast as video as well too, right? People can watch it, you know, either video or they can listen to it on their podcast players. Yeah, we've really just started doing that, you know, and part of the reason <laughs> we began doing that, and uh, let, let me add that it's like three times as much work to put it on video, but um, my, uh, you know, all my parents don't listen to music on like Spotify and, and Apple. They listen to music on YouTube. And, and I have three sets of parents and they all listen to music <laughs> on YouTube. They listen to podcasts on YouTube. They watch they, 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 everything audio based they use YouTube for, which seems so backwards, but I know that there are a lot of, there are a lot of older people in, um, in the RV world that, uh, that do that as well. And I think, uh, I, I just think there's like a good opportunity there for us to, to reach more people. So we've only been doing it for, for a little while, for I don't know, 10, 10 weeks or so. We've tried off and on and stopped and, and now we've really committed to it. So now we're trying to sort of make it into a, and we're still experimenting, but sort of make it into a hybrid between a YouTube show and a, and a podcast. And, uh, and I think it's working. Um, but, I'll say one thing about Jason before he goes on. There's never a moment that he's not dreaming and scheming and trying to figure out the next artistic way to bring this, you know, business that we do to life. Because for us, RV Miles and America's National Parks podcast and See America podcast have been this outlet that we have so needed since we left Chicago theater. So for Jason, it's just always a constant, you know, how can I make this better? How can I make this more artistic or creative, but still true to who we are as individuals and what our life is like here on the road? So there's usually not a week that goes by that he doesn't come to me with some other idea. Speaking of, I had one last night. I I'll don't want to talk right now. Yeah, don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> That's awesome. I think actually the things that I feel that are really kind of successful um, in and around whatever the platform is, are the ones where it's a creative outlet, where like that's legitimately kind of the the majority of why people do it. Um, when you do buy an RV and buy a camera and you say, okay, I'm going to be the next successful YouTuber, those usually don't end up doing very well, you know, because there isn't this like creative passion behind it. And when you are not, not doing things that just gave you a lot of joy, uh, for me, marketing was... I love marketing. I hate sales, but I love marketing. So even when I was a salesperson, I was always trying to figure out ways to market it. Even if the company I worked for wouldn't let me market myself, believe it or not, kind of a thing. And I can totally see that and, and feel that. And then plus, I think, I mean, I see Jason a little bit more active in the groups um, just because I think sometimes we're in the same, I don't even want to use the term jackass whisperer, but why not? Um, like yeah. your posts that's, and comments where we're trying it. to, yeah. yeah, we're trying to bring people back to reality a little too. No, 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 that's, that's not, it's, it's not what's going on. Stop it. Noble work. Yeah. Noble work. I have backed way, way out of that. Yeah. Jason definitely, I think takes on a little bit more of a face of the company in that respect, which, uh, I've been very comfortable with because Jason loves to read manuals <laughs> And I love to hand manuals to Jason to read on go. behalf of the family. Yeah, and I'm and I'm always the guy that has 17 tabs open on 
my laptop yes. in order to win an internet argument, you know? <laughs> and that's when you sort of look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, geez. What have I become? <laughs> no one has ever won an internet argument. No. Come on, stop it. You liar. Can someone please, yeah, I was going to say, can no. you really get this through to him, please? Because I'm usually the one that's like, just, just walk away. Actually, the, no, the way you know you won is when you're blocked. Yeah. That's when you're like, oh, I won. They blocked that is me. The, that is the only victory. That is, where it's like, they blocked me. They don't want to hear, oh, they kicked me out of this group. Oh, I won. That's cool. Um, Jason tells me a lot of those stories. I got yeah. kicked out of this group today. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, for me, I think like originally I, I got kind of screwed around as a newbie looking for information in the, should I get a class A, should I get a fifth wheel conversation, mm. which is the worst question to ask because there's just too mm -hmm. many variables. And even if you ask twin brothers, that married twin sisters that had three of the same <laughs> kids, they would have different needs for a fifth wheel and a class A. But my new one that I really am like trying to stand up for is when people go into these groups and ask questions about guns and traveling with a gun. Mm. I'm like, what are you going to do when a cop says, no, I'm sorry, that's illegal. You're going to say, well, wait a minute, Bob and Facebook said that right. I could do yeah. this. Like it's, it's insane that these questions get asked sometimes in these groups and the responses are hysterical too, where it's like, you're worse off now. I, I just can't believe people don't know how to use Google. That's where I really like. <laughs> and you know, we, we admin three different Facebook groups that all um, are attached to the three different podcasts that we produce. And one of them, our America's National Parks Facebook group is going on 65,000 members at this point. And that one has required, that's almost a full-time job for us to admin this group. And we have made it very, very clear that no one is allowed to give advice of any kind of medical or legal sense whatsoever. Like we shut that down real fast. They still like to though. They still like to, but we <laughs> shut it down real fast because we're concerned about our own implications. Right. But, our responsibilities by allowing those conversations to happen in the group. But you know, this is exactly why we started what we started. You know, we, we took what we learned from our theater industry website and you know that the Chicago theater industry is is huge and we were doing you know like breaking news five times a day it was it was tough um but w what we found the same sort of thing when we were looking for RVs we were trying to decide uh, you know what we wanted to do with this lifestyle we we're looking for information and we were finding it mostly on Facebook groups and I thought let's create a consumer focused RV news website. So RV Miles isn't really like a blog. It's more of a, uh, uh, there are lots of you know industry news websites for the RV industry, but nothing that's really consumer focused or not that many. Um, so that was, that was my idea behind that is that we could have a resource for people to find that kind of information and, you know, sort of news and, and reviews and tips and sort of stuff. And then that, blossomed in the podcast and the reason we ended up doing a podcast instead of YouTube was that very thing you were talking about is that there, there are just so many people that are trying to have a, an RV YouTube channel they're trying to hit the road and pay for their travels via YouTube um, and we're just kind of winding up on YouTube the, the back way because we started with the podcast because we looked at the podcast world and we thought there's not a lot of RV podcasters out there. The ones that are doing it, some of them are hit or miss. They're stopping 
they're they're stopping for 10 weeks and then coming back or whatever um and we thought there was a real niche for full-timers for younger people uh, that have a podcast and of course people listen to podcasts in their vehicles and what better way to pass the time on the road than listening to a, to an RV podcast so that sort of led us there and now then we realized well we have this content let's you know let's expand on it let's put it on YouTube and and do what else we can with it but I was really resistant I yeah. I fought YouTube for about two and a half years of this business. I didn't want anything to do with it and I didn't want to go there. And the unfortunate reality became that once you kind of get to a particular level in this industry, in the travel industry, you almost don't have a choice. Well, and you were right. I mean, your whole, (laughs) the thing is, the thing about YouTube is uh, compared to any other social media, the YouTube comment section is the absolute worst (laughs) because everybody can be anonymous. And, uh, uh, that's that's been probably the least fun thing about being on YouTube is some of the commenters. Yeah, you know what's weird is and I don't have any science data behind this, but we we cross promote a lot of the stuff with Rootless Living from Instagram to Facebook. I would say Instagram is probably where we're doing the majority of our stuff. And uh, I think recently we posted a photo of someone had their cat outside in the desert. And you know, it's their cat They've had it for years, like 21-year-old cat. Like, it's just been there forever. <laughs> and and on Instagram, it was like, what a beautiful cat. What a beautiful area. This is amazing. On Facebook, it was, what are you doing with your cat outside? Oh, look, coyote mm-hmm. food. Don't you know? Blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, and, and what's funny oh, yeah. is a lot of the comments that were like really negative in Facebook, it's some of the same people that liked it on Instagram. It's just, it's, you know what I mean? And I definitely see it in YouTube. I have some friends that have been posting um, some of the most like just because they travel all over the world and, you know, and a lot of them is third world countries and the comments are just, are you kidding me? Like, why are you watching this? Then these are people that travel. If you only want to see people travel in America, there's plenty of people that do that. Don't watch someone. It's the weirdest phenomenon that I just, yeah. I can't get my head around sometimes. And I don't even know why I'm trying to get my head around it, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a lot to ask your brain to do. But I have to say that I, your curated Instagram page for Rootless Living is gorgeous. Like, whatever you guys are doing over there, I just want you to know, I think it's absolutely beautiful. It's in my feed all the time. And I'm always like, wow, that is a gorgeous picture wow, that is a great looking RV. <laughs> so whatever you're doing over there, it's great. I love it. I Don't let, that. you know, haters are going to hate. It's always the way it is. But I want to I wanna flip the narrative just a little bit. And I also want to say that what we have found through this industry is also some of the kindest and warmest people. And that we do find the RV community that when you can find that village, you can find that tribe you will encounter some of the nicest people, some of the friendliest and most helpful people that are out there. With all the bad, there also comes this wonderful good. And while we find America's national parks as large as it is to be a full-time job, our RV Miles Facebook group, which has about 3,500 people, is just one of the happiest places for me to go and visit. I probably spend most of my time on Facebook there because that small group of people have really kind of come together for a community. We've had zero issue over there. 
which is amazing to me. And in person, you know, we meet people in campgrounds all the time. Um, we go to a few rallies here and there. And, and you know, the people next to us right now, we've been sort of quarantined with them for the last 11 weeks or so. We've oh, been, longer we've, than that. We're up to like, I think, almost four months, 12, yeah. 13 weeks. They, I think. they moved with us up to here to Colorado from Arizona. And, um, and they're not the first family that we've had sort of that relationship with and have made lifelong friends uh, meeting people in campgrounds, particularly members of the full-time families organizations of people that are traveling with families. It's a, it's a great group. Um, there's lots of families in there that are sort of have the same mindset that we do. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, that's one of the questions that people ask us all the time is to like, don't you miss friends and stuff? And we find more friends out here on the road than we ever had before. Yeah. There's always going to be keyboard warriors and, um, you know, there's always going to be, there's always going to be people that are kind of turned off by us as who we are, but we don't apologize for that. Like we are who we are and we, you know, we believe what we believe and we support what we support. And we always want a space for everyone. But, you know, at the same time, like, there are just some things that some people aren't going to like about what Jason and I do. And, and that's okay. We're completely okay with that because we're completely okay with who we are and who our kids are and, and what our business is. I 100% agree. I think for me, I think what I've noticed in the three years is that if I only judge this lifestyle by some of the really larger Facebook groups that are probably not really monitored that well, I don't think I'd ever yeah. go RVing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if I judge it by yes. the people that I've walked outside and met, I mean, I'm not to say that there, I haven't had problems. Of course, there's going to be situations where, you know, that's just, there, there's not a hundred percent of anything, but the people that I meet are the salt of the earth. They're fantastic. They're amazing. They'll have different stories. Uh, it's no different than just like this podcast where, you know, I wish I could just walk outside with a mic and start interviewing people, get good audio. Cause that's the same thing with this podcast is. And I think you are right that, you know, that, when you do find a good Facebook group where it is the same people that you're meeting in, you know, the parks that are now going online, it's a different, it's a different feel. And there are some of those groups out there. So I don't want to completely discourage it, but just know if you're, if you're in a Facebook group and it's like, gosh, these people are awful. That's the group. It's not the lifestyle. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, run away, and disconnect from it. I wonder too, you know, for us now, we're going August, uh, will be four years on the road, um, but RV miles will be three years. Um, and I think over time too, that you just develop kind of a thicker skin or an acceptance um, in regards to what we do and then what you do as well. Um, because we would be kind of hypocrites if we thought that doing a podcast and having a YouTube channel and being on social media wasn't going to open us up to all kinds of individuals and all kinds of opinions. And so, you know, in the beginning, I think I felt that a lot more than I do today. Hmm. You know, I really took a lot of that harder criticism to heart. Uh, but over the years, you know, as we've become more confident and maybe also become older and a little bit wiser, um, you know, we realize that there's always going to be um, a positive to a negative and that you just kind of have to, to roll with it and don't, you know, don't take all that in. So don't take all that hate you might see in a group or on YouTube as you're looking to think about this lifestyle. Uh, go find the voices that, 
jive with you more. And the more you are who you are, the more your listeners, followers, viewers, whatever, will be um, people who you would get along with. Uh, but the more that you that you couch who you are and try to be um try to be good for all time zones it's not gonna it, work it, the more you're gonna get you know everybody and and um people that you know you might not agree with and sometimes that doesn't fester until much much later when somebody's been you know a close follower of you for a while and then all of a sudden you realize that they're a kkk member or something there's something right. ridiculous and you're like oh uh, <laughs> you do that you know do that homer simpson backing into the cornfield thing <laughs> right right yeah. no and i think too like i think when you're really doing content you know i mean obviously news is different because it's not just you know Jason and Abigail, it's the actual news. I mean, you guys are finding out reporting on things that are breaking rather than being opinion-based. A lot of content is opinion-based. Yeah. I think that's where we saw when we, you know, like I was really surprised there wasn't like a, a full-time traveling kind of publication when, you know, in 2016 and then 17, 18 and 19. I think any kind of news, especially from the standpoint of the user, consumer, I mean, regardless if the news is really dedicated to consumers or users, but it's actually coming from someone living the lifestyle to know what questions to ask. I mean, even to your point where you're saying it was hard to find a used trailer that made sense for full time. It sounds nuts to me like that, you know, that, mm -hmm. and today mm -hmm. you will find them. I, I mean, I remember the first time I saw someone buy a new rig and demo it to then make it where it works for their family. I was like, you're right. crazy. Three years that's later, nice. I'm like, I totally get it. I would do that yes. too. And yes. it's, it's, it's all that kind of stuff. Now we are staying out of the news game, uh, like 100%. I've done both. I did a skate mag that didn't break news and I did a city publication that broke the news. Um, and I mean, again, we did a little in and around COVID stuff closing and you know things of that nature. But even that, I just was kind of over it. I'm so glad you guys are really rocking and, and working on the news <laughs> because it, it is needed in our in just in our way our life in the industry but it needs to be told from not the industry i guess is what i'm trying to right. say right there's so be, much yeah. that the industry is like proud of that they think is so great that is that is just beneficial for them and it's not beneficial for us so it you know as all news agencies need to do what we try to do is it take the take you know the press release whatever it is the news item and interpret it for the consumer and you know in this day and age in, in news in general even the even the top tier you know cable news uh, uh, um, newspapers everything that news uh, reporters are filtering into this thing where they have commentary as well and we're starting to have this new world of news where um, reporters uh, can feel free to express their opinion from time to time. But it, it, as long as you, you know, focus on separating yourself from that for like the news items that you should be separating it for, um, I think we can start to look at people who report on things as human beings and instead of what we've sort of been looking at them like as sort of these people that are supposed to be robotic, neutral, um, and, and not have any beliefs. And of course, everybody has beliefs and opinions. And um, so, so that's, kind of, uh, that's kind of a nice freeing thing for us because we get to write these news pieces, which they can be um, 
frustrating and annoying to do. But then we can go out and, and we can go into the podcast and we can riff on it and put our own opinion and, and spin on it. And um, well, you know, I, I think that's what people are looking for. Is they're looking for the news to be interpreted for them. What does this mean to me? Well, if I can just add something really quick too. I think that for us, what we really wanted to do as well was to change the narrative a little bit. For the longest time, the narrative has been coming from the industry itself. But you need a narrative. There's so many people that are frustrated with manufacturing or, you know, God forbid you say the word camping world anywhere, you know, in a campground or in a group or anything. People are going to clutch their pearls and lose their minds. So, but it's about the narrative. It's what is it about camping world that upsets us all so much? And is it camping world? Is it manufacturing? Is it the RVIA? It, what is it exactly? And then let's talk about it. And, you know, something we have always discussed is that for now, it does not make sense for us to, we, we appreciate the RV industry and the RV manufacturers and everything that they do, but we also kind of hold them at arm's length away from our business because we want to have a fair like we want to present a fair narrative when we talk about them and we don't want to be afraid to speak negatively if we need to. Right. Yeah. So, we've never been directly sponsored by an RV manufacturer and, and don't intend to. We, you know, we try to keep it to accessory manufacturers and services and stuff for, for RVers out there. And I, that's just because we want the consumer to be able to feel like they can come somewhere and really feel like what they're getting is is the truth and not controlled by a narrative that, you know, oh, well, it's because, you know, they have this and this from these guys and that's why they're saying this. No, we want you to be able to, to hear the words coming out of our mouth and know that they're our real genuine words or the, the information being presented to us. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know you guys all that well. I know you pretty well though. And I think that if you guys, let's say you did a review, it would just be how you use it. You know what I mean? Like, what what are the yeah. benefits? What are the negatives? How did it confuse you? I mean, we had we were talking a little in the beginning because I've got some new tech gear for, you know, the podcast. If I ever did a review on this device, I would talk about a little bit the stumbling things in the beginning, even if they paid me to. I'd still be like, mm -hmm. well, I didn't realize that my USB mics weren't going to be able to work with this, and I might have to get new mics. That's a bummer. I don't know if that's their fault. You know what I mean? But it's the truth of like, hey, before you take step one, think about step a one you know and, and to your point you said like if you said something negative i i go back to when i did city insider we had a pool that was being built i don't think we said anything negative i think what we did was when we talked to the residents and they were like you know the money could have been spent somewhere else a little bit better like the pool isn't the first thing on our list. I don't think we were being negative because residents were saying that, but man, city council, you know, they tore me a new one because they thought, you know, I yeah. was trying to be negative on purpose. And I was like, I, I didn't tell them what to say. I just asked the question, you know, and it's no different that if I get some sort of device and I try it and it doesn't work for me, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. I'm not going to do it like an infomercial or, you know, it's I'm flipping it around and I can't, oh my gosh, my life is terrible. I need a plastic bag that folds easy. You know, it's not that kind of a thing. And well, you, you know, the RV industry is, it's, it's really insular. It's one of those industries where there are, there are a lot of, uh, cutthroat things happening. You know, I, I've talked to YouTubers who have, uh, maybe said a negative thing about, uh, a certain RV brand. And then at, uh, at one of the major RV shows, they've been denied access to go into one of those are one of that brands RVs and, and shoot it. 
Um, stuff like that happens all the time in, in this industry. So uh, I, uh, hopefully that is, is starting to change a bit, especially with there's a lot of more smaller niche manufacturers. And, you know, but what we try to do is if we're reviewing something, we've moved away from like star ratings and is this, you know, even positives or, or is this good or not? But basically what we do is say, this is what this product does. This is what it doesn't do. And we don't even talk about like what they should have done differently or whatever. Just, this is just, here's how it works. This is right. what it does. This is what it doesn't do. This is a problem we've had with it. You decide on your own because we all have different needs for different things. If, you, if you're looking to buy a new RV and you go looking at, looking at reviews for them, first of all, it's almost impossible to find a, a good aggregate site for reviews for, for RVs but, or, or, or campgrounds as well. If we're looking at campgrounds, we have totally different needs than other people. Right. And we, if, if something's rated three stars, I'm going to go in and I'm going to read those reviews and see, oh, that person hated the fact that it didn't have a dog park. Well, I don't have a dog, so I don't care. You know, we use the bathrooms. The bathrooms matter to us when, we're, when we don't have full hookups. So we care about that. Some people don't care about bathrooms at all because they only use the bathroom in the rig. There are, there are lots of different reasons people use different products or go to different places. So to me, it's just all about you know, showing you what it, what it is. And I think too, while RV Miles definitely has more of Jason and I's opinion into it, our other two podcasts, America's National Parks and See America, those are storytelling podcasts where we take, you know, over on America's National Parks, we take one national park every week and we tell a story of that park, but we don't tell you whether or not you should go. We just tell you what's what the story is and here's some information and then you get to decide if this sounds like a place you want to visit we do the same with sea america you know we just started season four and we did the episode on fenway park and but we didn't tell you you should go to fenway park we haven't ever been to fenway park but we shared a story about it and we shared some information like if you want to visit but then we give it to you to do as you wish and we leave us out of it yeah, we did a lot of restaurant reviews at City Insider and people would be like, hey, is there any way you can give it like a stars or even a dollar yes. symbol? And I was like, well, one, you know, my understanding of an enchilada might be different than yours. And mm -hmm. so I might say it's amazing and you think Taco Bell's amazing. So there's no point in that. But I'll t like to your point, I'll tell you what the restaurant has. I'll tell you what they offer and you can decide whether to go there. But even the dollar symbol unless it actually means something. But if it's like, you know, $1 symbol, you know, $1 symbol might be someone else's three and someone else's three might be, you know what I mean? Like even that used to always yes. make me laugh. When I saw a dollar symbol, and I was like, oh, this is going to probably be really cheap. And that's still $20 a plate. I was like, wait, what's the three then? You know, like, what are you buying? <laughs> right. you well, know? that goes back to our, our theater reviewing days. You know, our, our publication in Chicago theater, we also reviewed shows. And we were the only, there are lots of different outlets that were reviewing shows in Chicago. And we were the only ones that weren't really putting a rating on something. We, the only thing we would do is do a critic's pick. Like if we thought something was absolutely fantastic, do not miss, it was a critic's pick. But, um, but the critic had to tell us yeah, the we, critic on told the back us. end, like yeah. we wouldn't publish it, but we would ask them, would you recommend this? Do you want people to go, you know, is, was this so good to you that you would stand behind it and say, 
you you have to see this. It's not to be missed. But we would tell our reviewers all the time. Sometimes we'd send reviewers to a show and they would say, guys, I hated this thing. It just wasn't for me, but maybe there's a different audience for it. And we'd be like, well, we're not going to publish a review on it then. Don't, don't feel like you have to write something. If, because reviews are personal opinions and, mm -hmm. it, and everybody has a different one. I always make the joke that experts drafted Tom Brady 199. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like legitimately, yeah. there was 198 yeah. picks before. No matter where you stand with Tom Brady, if you just look at his stats, yeah. not his personal life, wherever that is, there are 198 other picks before Tom Brady. And mm -hmm. how many people do you think are like, dang it? And those are experts. That's what experts yeah. do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers was sitting on the sidelines. You know, I mean, yep. they could have traded him years ago for no. a lot of money if anybody knew what he was worth. It's so insane to me when you get into kind of opinions. And it's it's hard though. Anytime you're doing anything, uh, it is hard for your DNA not to end up in it somehow. I mean, I get that. That that is really just hard because, you know, I, I'm I got a tire pressure monitoring system i'm losing my mind i'm so excited because it's the thing that is probably what i worry about the most when i'm driving you know whatever mm -hmm. reason i just see someone's blowout on facebook and then i get on the road and that's all i'm thinking about you know so it's oh, one of those things yeah we could talk about that for days that's my biggest stressor <laughs> it is it is it's i'm so stressed by that so i hope this relieves a lot of that stress in a way who knows it, i you know I, I it's it just nice to know there's someone out there who feels the same way as me because my husband does not. So <laughs> it's nice to know there's someone else out there. Oh, I do. I just have to, I have to act calm because if I don't, if I seem stressed in any way, your stress level triples. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely want to get into where people can find you, but before I get to that, I do something on the show called a high low. And um, this is something I did with my kids. Uh, and at the time when I had custody of all four of them, they range in ages of 12 to two. And I would you just want them to see that they're all kind of dealing with the same stuff because especially now in social media, I think a lot of us full-timers, we're really good at putting up the highlights. And most people will look at that. They'll see all the highlights, they get on the road. And then it's like, wait a minute, this isn't what I've been seeing on Instagram. So I always like to start with the low. And I think you guys had a you know, I mean, if this is the one you want to talk about, that you guys had something to really overcome on the road. What's would, and if that's not it, that's fine. But what's been your biggest low on the road? Well, I mean, you know what? We've had a few. So, but last fall, I um, I got a uh, an infection on my brain. Uh, we weren't quite sure what it was. My eyes just started going dark. For a few seconds at a time, I'm starting to get dizzy. And I, and sort of late at night, I told Abby, I think you need to take me to the hospital. Something's going on. And I had a little bit of headache uh, uh, in the back of my head. And um, they did an MRI right away and said there was something on there. They didn't know what it was, but it had to be removed because it obviously it was causing damage to my eyesight. So, um, and I actually had a few weird run-ins before that, that I didn't realize was going on. I was losing my peripheral vision and I didn't even know it. I ran three stop signs before this all happened. And, um, uh, we got in a little, um, we got a little damage on our rig going through a construction zone where I sort of let our trailer, um, rub against a construction barrier. So, um, anyway, the, I ended up being an infection of some this rare bacteria and uh, they took 80% out of it. Uh, they cut a hole in my head and took 80% out of it. And, uh, uh, and then the rest they took care of with 
antibiotics. And we were in North Dakota and it was fall. And uh, the antibiotics they put me on were IV administered. And uh, Abby had to go pick them up at the hospital three times a day because they expired after um, an hour or two. And, uh, and she had to administer them to me and they took like two hours to administer and then she'd have to go back and get them. And it was, you know, she was only able to sleep for five hours a night for, I don't even know how long, six weeks or so. Um, and then I ended up being put on more IV antibiotics. It was a whole mess. Anyway, we were stuck in Minot, North Dakota for, for several months and through snow and, and all that. And, uh, I was pretty much bedridden and Abby was taking care of not only, the family, but our, our businesses as well. And, uh, and healthcare is a big challenge for people to travel full time in the first place. Um, and I think we were actually lucky, um, to be where we are, to, to be where we were and, and have that hospital be prepared for, um, uh, for what we went through pretty well. Um, but that was, that was a huge challenge, you know, but you know, the thing is the RV community was, so supportive, all of our followers, followers and listeners um, were a huge support. Our family was a huge support, and it got us through it. And and um, it was a really challenging time. But you know, for I think it was probably a bigger challenge for my wife and my family because um, for me the the for me the first things that come to my mind as the biggest challenges we've had on the road, other than that, were. Uh, we're with our bus and we're no longer in our bus. We're, we're in a trailer now. We sold our bus uh, almost exactly a year ago. And uh, we, after six months of owning that thing, we replaced the transmission. We replaced the tires. We had, uh, we had a wheel bearing seize and, uh, and we're stuck in uh, near Joshua tree for a couple weeks while yeah, actually about a month while that got repaired. And then that repair went bad and we our front two tires went bald when we went back on the road after only about 300 miles of travel and you know we looked at them and thought oh we could have had two front wheel blowouts and uh lots of stuff like that has been a little bit because it's so more so much more immediate it's more frightening to me than the fact that i had three brain surgeries it really is um because that was me you know and not my family's safety um and, and so there, there are a lot of things to worry about. Is it any different than uh, life in a sticks and bricks? I don't know. I mean, you know, you, you get in vehicles when you live in a sticks and bricks. You have illnesses and all that sort of stuff. And, and for us, when being in Chicago, we had lots of friends in Chicago, but we were three hours away from family. So it wasn't like we had this big, tight-knit family community that we were uh, in, involved in before hitting the road. So uh, it was, it's always still been a matter of if something's going wrong, traveling back home to be with mom and dad is, is been a, a chore. So, uh, but uh, there are, there are lows and, and uh, I'd say three brain surgeries is, is one of them. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely had some lows. Um, if I can, if I can flip and take the highs, um, I will, if that's okay, because what I want to say is that inside all of those lows have been some amazing highs that I am grateful for every single day of my life because we stopped that bus when those tires were going bald early at a rest stop we weren't planning to go to just 
because we felt like it was time to stop. And we were five miles away, our mechanic said, from a two-tire blowout. And we just happened to stop. That's, that's a high because we were able to stop and, and we were okay. And our kids were okay. And we were able to get that fixed. Jason, when that horrific infection took over him and we had ourselves stranded in North Dakota, we had family by our sides within 24 hours and we had people we didn't even know coming out of the woodwork to help us. We were never alone during those three months in North Dakota. The hospital, the pharmacy, I made friends with the people at the pharmacy. They, you know, the library in, in Minot, North Dakota became a safe haven for the kids and I. Like, there were so many beautiful things that came out of these huge lows for us that like, I can't ever look at those and be angry because we were just so well taken care of and we came out of them better people. And it has always, this full-time travel RV life has really, you know, given us some food for thought, but it has really made us better people just in the way that we interact in our family or the relationship that I have with Jason or the relationship I have with people and the empathy I have for life in general. And um, I, I'm so grateful for it. So it's hard for me to talk about um, those experiences in a, a low or a negative way because all I can think about are the hundreds, thousands of people that lifted me up and allowed me to be able to care for him. I, I'm not a very religious person, but um, there, there have been just so many moments that m make it hard to believe that something else isn't you know, working in our, our favor. You know, like the f when, I, when I checked into that hospital in the middle of the night, the neurosurgeon, the Minot, North Dakota neurosurgeon, the only one, just happened to be in the hospital because his daughter was sick. So at two in the morning, he gave me a consult. Um, you know, the mechanic that that changed uh, that changed our tires and, and fixed us up after uh, we had that big problem in the bus. We ran into him just a couple months ago. Yeah. We ran into the the mechanic that changed our tires on the road. There's just so many um, coincidental things that happen. They're just sort of you know, make you feel like it's all going to be okay. Well, and even when we had prior to the tire issue, when the the bus itself was being worked on and it was going to be a month-long process to get the part, we just so happened to be in a part of the country where I had a friend from high school that I had barely talked to but who had just been really interested in our travels say to me, you know what, I, I'm really living with my partner now, but I'm still holding on to my house in Long Beach. You guys go live in my house. I, I want you to live there. So rather than having to do a month-long hotel stint, we just happened to have someone's beautiful home, warm home, that they welcomed us into and allowed us to stay there for the entire time that we were having our bus worked on. It's, you know, it feels so helpless in the moment. But if you just take a breath, and you just look at that one thing first and you don't think, oh, Jason's got to be on antibiotics for 42 days. No, Jason's got to be on antibiotics for this next hour. And then I'm going to deal with whatever that next hour is after that. That's when you start opening yourself up to possibilities that you didn't even know were out there. If you allow the lows to consume you, 
then you miss the highs that can come out of those. Yeah. And so we've really learned in the four years on the road, because we've had a lot of different challenges that there's going to be something that comes out of these lows and we just have to stay open to receiving that. But you got it in order. Yeah. That's it. That's the big part of it. You have to be open to receiving it, but you also have to be active in, in, in being able to problem solve because when things come up, when you're on the road, you, it, it can be very easy to feel alone, uh, to feel like you got to ha- spend a lot of money to get something fixed or taken care of. And you got to buckle down yourself, you know, go into some of those Facebook groups, ask the questions, um, you know, go into YouTube and try to figure out if you can solve the problem yourself. And I didn't know, I knew a lot about construction and electricity. I didn't, I am not an automotive person at all, but I did a lot of repairs on that bus on my own just because you know, you get in a situation where you have to. And if you're not a person that can, and I, you know, I wasn't a person that, that was great at that sort of stuff, but this lifestyle has forced me to be that kind of person, which I feel has made me a better person. Um, and, and, uh, uh, but if you're unwilling to do that kind of stuff, uh, it can be a challenge. It is weird that we didn't really take on a lot of those skill sets when we owned a home as much as we do in an RV. I mean, we just yeah. rely on hiring a plumber, hiring a contractor, not even attempting to like go to YouTube and try to learn some of this stuff. I am really appreciative that you did tell the story because I do think there's a lot of people that say, well, I would go full time, but what if something happened? Then something happens yeah. and you mm-hmm. deal with it. If you're living in a bricks and sticks, something happens too. I mean, it's like if you just stop doing things because of the what ifs, you'll never do it which I think is, you know, really important for people to hear. Cause one of them is like, well, what if I'm in North Dakota and I need brain surgery, <laughs> then you'll get taken care of and you'll be fine and things will work out. It'll be, it won't, it, it, I can't say it's even better or worse. You know, that's the thing. Cause you could have been maybe in your home state of right in Chicago, Illinois, not gotten nearly the doctor, nearly the care. You mm-hmm. just don't know. That's the thing that I love about this lifestyle and how people are putting kind of roadblocks to it, like even ahead of time. And yes, but one of the things, and I, I try my best now too, is to tell people you can't talk about internet or you can't talk about flat tires and your lows <laughs> because we all experience that. But I will say the majority of the lows, when I ask people start with a giggle and it's yeah. kind of like, hey, can I tell that one story? And I think that's so surprising to me that that's the low, that it starts with a yeah. giggle. You know what I mean? And, yeah. You know, and then the highs are always the... The, I can't believe this is our life kind of moment. So, but let's just quick catch up, Jason. Everything's going well for you though. Otherwise everything's uh, fa- fantastic. Yeah. I, I went around with a hole in my skull, you know, for a while <laughs> it had skin, skin sewed over it, but I was wearing a helmet everywhere I went for, for quite a while. Uh, and, but finally have had a metal plate put in my head in February and we got back on the road. Um, so uh, everything has been fantastic. You know, of course, I get this plate put back in my head and then all of a sudden there's a pandemic yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and we, you, been, it's been, your we, fault. Yes. Jeez. It's us. For We've sure. been camping uh, a, about two miles from a pretty bad wildfire. that's pretty much burned out now, but um, it was a little scary for a moment there. Uh, so we're, we're ready for 2020 to, you know, stop. <laughs> right. No yeah. Doubt. Yeah, but I'm doing fantastic. 
I don't know whose role it is in Jumanji, but will you please roll the dice? Because <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yes. We, we are tired of waiting around. We need to, yeah, we need to move on to up. that next year. Please, 2021. Right now. Um, well, let's uh, make sure everyone knows really how to find you guys. And, you know, I always leave it up to people if they just want to share their business or if they have personal Instagrams and Facebook, they want people. It's totally up to you guys. Anything you say, I will definitely put down in the comments below so people don't have to write it down. They can just click there. But where can people find you guys? So people can find us pretty much all across social media. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube and search RV Miles, and you're going to find us there. Uh, you're also going to find America's National Parks and See America on Instagram and Facebook as well. And then Jason and I, and we didn't talk too much about this, but we do have um, across social media, our personal travel blog, almost uh, a digital blog is what we kind of call it. And that's our wandering family. And that's on Instagram. We're also on the RV Miles YouTube doing travel videos there and on Facebook. Of course, uh, one of the easiest ways though to get and access all that social media is to just pop over to rvmiles.com and you're going to see in the menu all of the stuff I just mentioned and find us there. And of course, all three podcasts are available on any podcast app. Yes. Thank you for remembering yes. that. I forgot that one. <laughs> yes. Please subscribe. You can find us across your favorite podcast app. Yeah. The 22% of you that aren't using iTunes. They'll have <laughs> yeah, but who are you? Can I talk to you? But I told you, hey, it's totally okay. I, I always laugh at I agree. I can't, I can't believe what a, a stronghold iTunes still has oh. with all these different players now. But I'm glad that we're on multiple players and people can find you guys. Well, thanks again, you guys, so much for hanging out, telling your story. I think uh just both your guys' story in and around, especially dealing with such a you know, kind of a really a horrendous kind of moment. You just don't know, especially a brain injury or brain infections, those are really scary brain surgeries are yes. really scary and to get through it as a family in a full-time rv i think hopefully everyone is hearing that if you can get through that in north dakota you can get through <laughs> anything so thanks so much Absolutely. for coming on the show thank you so much for having us and i'm really pleased i can be sitting here with jason talking to you well another fun episode and hopefully this helped anyone that is worried about if they went full-time and got sick what would they do well if you listen to jason and abby you'd come out better and stronger for it now if you want to learn more about jason and abby head over to rvmiles.com or search for them on facebook instagram and youtube and when you find them tell them damien sent you if you like the Rootless Living podcast or the magazine, make sure to tell a friend. It's a really big help in getting the word out. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest or that guest might even be you, please send us an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com. Again, that's podcast at rootlessliving.com. And let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.